You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Going to get to those mailbag questions in just a moment, but plenty of offensive line talk in the first segment. I know a lot of people wanted to hear from you when it comes to Orlando Brown. Let's talk right tackle. Uh, It's funny because at the Combine, I heard the quote. I heard them talk about it. They never said Jonah Williams specifically at left tackle. I know Brian Callahan fell in a certain way and really didn't want to move him. And, of course, that's probably before the Orlando Brown conversations are happening with the offensive staff. But Jonah Williams won't be the left tackle next year he's either going to be the right tackle or I don't know where he's going because I know a lot of people are like ship him off it's the same people that are saying ship him off they're saying he was the worst starting tackle in the league and start kept talking about you love the most sex you love the most sex and I was saying you could probably get a third for him it's like well where's the thought process here? <laughs> because if yeah. he sucks how are you getting a third for him yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And, and, and me personally, because I know the Lyle Collins, when you think of this year two of the contract, he's obviously coming back from an injury. And they don't want to put themselves in a situation like a Trey Hopkins when he just he wasn't ready. And he came back that year after the ACL injury. His was in January and Lyle's was in December. But at the same time, you're still trying to recover from that. And you're an offensive lineman. We don't know what that looks like for Lyle Collins. And when it comes to his contract, it really does feel pretty loaded with incentives. If he's playing, that's when you're going to have to pay the guy. But when I think of an offensive line and depth, I want to bring in, I know they brought Cody Ford in right now, um, tackle guard. I don't feel too comfortable with that depth piece, but overall you have Jonah Williams, you have Lyle Collins. We won't know what that really looks like because it's March right now, but how do you feel with Jonah Williams over on the right side? Um, it's hard to be overly confident because the last time he played right tackle, I think it's possible I was still in high school. Uh, was that eight years ago? I, yeah. I think that would be my senior year of high school. So not great. I, like if I sat down and tried to do trigonometry right now, it wouldn't go well. But maybe it's like riding a bike. I, I look in my playing days. I never switched sides. I know he played a little bit of right tackle. I don't think he's a natural right. Like, what are people? I also don't even get the natural position thing that much because I don't know. It's wherever you play the most. Yeah. <laughs> like, you play the most left tackle. So he was naturally a left tackle. I think he's definitely in the mix for right tackle. If I had to bet, I think he wins the right tackle job week one. I think he should be by far the odds on favorite because I don't think Collins will be ready. And I don't think anybody else will take that job from him. Um, so I'm intrigued, I think is where I would put it. Now, the one thing that could make him not the right tackle is if they draft one around pick 28. Even at pick 60, that guy could challenge him for the job. I mean, any of these guys could, but like realistically, first or second round guy could challenge him to start week one. 
So that that's interesting to me. But yeah, I'm mostly just intrigued by Jonah, Jonah Williams' possible transition to right tackle. We have to remember these these people are people, and they have human emotions, and he might not be happy with this. So maybe he doesn't want to move to right tackle. And it would totally make sense too. Um, if you were a one year away from your big payday, and then they were like, I don't know, your job was like, hey, everything's going to depend on how you do. Um, we're going to have you do a whole different position. You get some time to prepare for it, but and then if you do bad here, you probably don't make any money next year. It's like I I would get not doing it. We'll see. I I hope that's not the case, but like at the same time, I kind of would get it. Like this contract year, and you flip him over to right tackle if he doesn't pan out over there his contract next year is probably not going to be very big. Uh, so that's the issue. I think he should win the job. I Like if I'm predicting everything, I think he wins the job and I think he plays fine at right tackle, hopefully healthy and hopefully not rusty, but probably rusty playing right tackle for the first time in eight years. That's my thoughts on it. Uh, it's just so different. Um, I think people describe it as, you know, wiping with the opposite hand. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not easy. It's not an easy transition, but if you do it enough, you can pass. You can survive. So naturally, he has played so much left tackle that I think that's where he's most comfortable. But flipping over to right tackle is okay. He's done it, and maybe it's maybe it's like riding a bike. Like I said, I've never had to flip. I was a left guard every time I played. I never had to play right guard. You, I'm going to bring up a couple things because you bring up a really great point. And when it comes to money, everybody thinks left tackle all the money and you're flipping him to the right side in a contract year for him. Um, really felt like the Bengals were more than likely going to move on. This was going to be his last year in Cincinnati. It would be absolutely wild if he worked out at right tackle and he ends up staying. He can make a bigger pay if he does, maybe. Uh, if he does work out at right tackle, because maybe a team will see him as like, tackle flexible but also i think if the team's going to pay him to start they want him to start one position i think it opens the amount of teams that'd be interested in him rather than just being left tackle only but i don't think it would increase the ceiling of his payday if he works out at right tackle which is kind of stinky if he worked out at left tackle last year he gets a big payday if he works out at right tackle i don't think it's the same deal um, so that's where I am on Jonah also uh don't take victory laps on him losing his job that's weird oh. I saw that a lot of places and just cause you don't like the guy he played injured last year. He fought through injury. He fought through a dislocate, dislocate your kneecap and then go fight a 300 pound guy for 30 minutes. That's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool That's times. Blood, sweat, like, tears for the team. Like I respect that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on anybody for not playing up to standard. I mean, especially if they're, they seem like a good guy off the field, on the field. I don't understand getting so worked up on, his sacks allowed or whatever you're upset about. Cause I thought he was an average player, maybe, maybe below average offensive tackle, which isn't terrible. He wasn't, you know, Bobby Hart out there on the field or off the field. So uh, that's, that's right. I, mean, don't, I wouldn't take a victory lap. Like if you, it's the same with, if Joe Mixon loses his job, don't take victory laps. It's just weird, man. Could you imagine getting fired? And then like a group of people walk, right when you're trying to leave the building go like, Whoa, we knew she sucked. <laughs> It's like, no, it's terrible. Because right now, like you mentioned, I feel like Jonah Williams is more than likely going to win that right tackle position unless Lyle comes back from the ACL and the back injury and he is just killing it and just fine, which I'm just, uh, my optimism is like a 50%. I hope he fully heals. I hope he fully heals and can fully challenge Jonah Williams' job. And Jonah Williams would be the perfect swing tackle, right? (laughs) 
left right versatility by far maybe the, the best swing tackle in the league i mean if someone told me jonah williams is on the bench uh as a depth oh, he probably piece, com- he probably tried to compete for left guard after that right <laughs> i mean i would be totally fine with that but you do i'm gonna say this and then i'm gonna get to the questions even though a lot of these questions are about the offensive line if you do put Joan on the other side, because we've talked about it before, he's on the left side. He had Cordell Volson, who was a rookie. And, and we, you know, I hope Cordell has a better year. Okay, year two and improves. He was okay. He was enough. Uh, but if you put him on the other side, where we've said it before, I think Alex Cap is the best on the offensive line. And then now you have Orlando Brown, too. Um, if that helps Jonah Williams having Alex Kappa, if he is the right tackle. Yeah, I think I think that would. Two veterans working together like that. I because he worked really well with Spain, like immediately. So the only issue I see is just the right transition is, you know, he just has to get, he's a smart guy though. So I'm not worried about him missing communication calls and stuff because of that. Um, Just real quick on Cody Ford, because I know people are going to try to hype him up for whatever, because there are people that are going to hype up anybody they sign. They could bring Bobby Hart back. And I think there's a group of fans and people that will go like, Bobby Hart wasn't so bad last year, (laughs) start citing stats that might work for them. Cordy, uh, Cody Ford uh, has played about the same amount of snaps as Cordell Volson. Actually, less snaps. Cordell Volson, seven penalties, 43 pressures, and five sacks in about 1,300 snaps. And we agree, Cordell Volson, probably like a below average starting left guard. Like, fine. He's a good part to have on an offensive line. Those guys make the world go around. He's not bad. Cody Ford, 19 penalties, 12 more, 96 pressures, more than double, and 13 sacks, almost triple, in 1,262 career snaps. Let's not let's let's not just try to hype this guy up as you know where like maybe it works, maybe it works. He's young. I hope it works. I just shout out good Joe Goodberry for finding those stats. I was just I was kind of blown away because that that's I can't think of like a like that's worse than what Billy Price I think did at guard. That's that's what we're looking at here. Like I think Mark Sharping was better, and I thought that going in. And I guess Cody Ford's worse than I thought because at first I was like Sharping level player, and then I started getting a lot of replies, all sort of stuff. And I'm like, oh boy. Uh, if I look into this more, I, I bet I'm gonna say not a Sharping level player, <laughs> worse than yeah. Sharping. And people got mad about Sharping losing to Chris Jones a lot. Yeah, the AFC Championship game will forever be in a lot of people's minds when yeah. it comes to the backup offensive line. But at this moment, I just hope for health with the offensive line and mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about these depth pieces. And I'm still a fan of if you can keep Lyle Collins on the roster or Jonah, depends on who wins the right tackle position. If they go that route and they don't drop someone, um, I want to keep them both on there if you can when it comes to the price tag. And if Jonah Williams works out a right tackle, that's awesome. We're going to go to Damon. Damon, not Damien. That's what his Twitter name is. He goes, I'd like to hear Mike's thoughts on how much Brown Jr. could possibly benefit from playing with a guy like Joe Burrow, who is consistently on time. He's fast. He's in the right spot of the pocket versus a guy like Lamar or Mahomes who kind of play more of an ad lib. Uh, I do think Lamar moved well. And I think that the threat of Lamar's rushing helped him a lot when he played there. I will say Mahomes has gotten a lot better at his pocket stuff uh, over the past year or so. Similar to Burrow has gotten better at it too. Um, but Mahomes does, he is a guy that likes to drift back if he goes anywhere. And that hurts Orlando Brown more than anybody. This is a really good point. Orlando Brown, like I mentioned, loses outside to speed more often than anything else. You 
can turn that into a win from the quarterback stepping up. So if he gets a firm interior and Joe Burrow likes to step up into the pocket, you think about where he likes to escape and run. It's up the middle of the pocket. It's not around the outside all the, all that much. So he steps up and those losses turn into wins just because he can ride him around the outside with his length and power. Now, if Joe Burrow's, it's basically Joe Burrow will try to consistently be somewhere from five to nine yards of depth, depending on, the concept that he's uh, throwing on. If Orlando Brown knows he's always going to be at five, nine yards of depth, like three-step drop, he's going to be at seven yards. Uh, Five-step drop, he's going to be at nine yards. I know where I need to run this edge rusher around. Even if he's getting him at nine when Joe Burrow's at nine, Joe Burrow steps up. If uh, he's getting him at seven, Burrow's at seven, Burrow knows to step up, and he that's where he likes to go. So if he drifts anywhere, he can drift a little bit left, right, and um, but – he likes to step up and he's really on time. I think that also helps because it's a, just think of a line and how long it would take you to draw around the outside, straight through, and then around the inside. Yeah, around the outside is the longest. So <laughs> make him go the longest route. The ball's out. These, And I think that's a big reason why him and Jonah have somewhat similar pressure stats, right? But uh, Orlando Brown has allowed a lot less sacks. And I don't think that's all Mahomes. I think that he makes the guy go around the longest path. So those pressures are maybe a guy arriving right after the throw of the ball and hitting the quarterback or getting a hand on him. So that's my thoughts. It was a really good question. Thanks, Damon. Yeah, it really was. It was something I have yet to hear on social media today. Goose says, how can Frank best utilize this new line setup? You know, if you're assuming Jonah Williams is the right tackle when you think about the run game. Uh, I like a lot of the stuff they were running towards the end of the year, at least after week four, week five, six, seven through the playoffs, that run game of, you know, the gap power, all that type of stuff in there. They don't have, they don't have great pooling players. I think Cordell Wilson's a fine pooler, but I like Alex Kappa mauling more. I like Orlando Brown mauling straight ahead more. Um, Ted Karras didn't do well when he pulled. I thought Jenna Williams pulled fine. So that'll be the interesting part is who are you going to pull and where and when are they going to try to play with, this is going to be a tight end question. Are they going to try to play with a five man surface or a six man surface more often? And what I mean by that is just the offensive line, five people, or I mean a six people as in a tight end is part of this blocking. He's not just running across a formation. Like he's actually part of the blocking unit, like a Darnell Washington or some guys that can get in free agency. I think that's an interesting thing to look at. And, uh, they'll run a lot of inside zone as well. And all that fits Orlando Brown. The thing that doesn't fit Orlando Brown is what they used to run the wide zone stuff. I think wide zone with the Bengals is dead. Although I thought that before the year, I think this is another nail in the coffin. They've just been so much better at running from shotgun and running all these power gaps concepts that I don't really understand why they would go back to the under center wide zone stuff. I wouldn't, I think he fits the shotgun run game. So I really wouldn't go back under center unless it's, you know, kill clock or quarterback sneaks. A lot of good questions, and I'll go to one more in the segment. Jordan Smith says, does the outlook for Joe Mixon change with the Orlando signing? Not really, unless uh, I've always thought that the Joe Mixon thing could happen in conjunction with a move. Like, they bring in – I mean, my first thought was to say Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. I just don't know if it's realistic. Like, if they are going to bring in a Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, then you cut Joe Mixon, then, it you know, his, whatever, 12 – million dollar cap hit or something 
is five basically this year because you gained seven from the Joe Mixon contract or something like that. So well, I don't know what you think about it. I don't think it has a huge effect. They do have less money to play with, so maybe they're more incentivized to cut him if they have a chance to sign a high-level safety or tight end. But to me, I think it's more so kind of a nothing burger for the Mixon deal. I think the Mixon deal happens with if they can get another big free agent. I still think that they're going to draft a running back. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it happens at 28. But I do think at some point, um, maybe in one of the early rounds, they'll draft a running back. And I feel like those conversations are happening with Joe Mixon behind the scene. I'm not a huge fan of the restructure of the contract, the more I think about it. And I would just do the pay cut. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what people mean when they say restructure is just well, I, takes a pay cut. I know a lot of people are like, well, you can just kind of move the money, move the money to a future. And I don't want to move the money. Old, you know, that is when you usually restructure, it's with a guy you know is going to be on the team. And if Mixon's already 50-50 to make the team, you're probably not restructuring to move the money into next year. You don't want less money to play with next year. You're in a Super Bowl window. So it's cut. And, you know, you take that loss right now, the the dead cap, but you also gain money. And then you have nothing the next couple of years. Or pay cut, and you don't lose any money next year. You just gain money this year. It's interesting. I will see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I I think when people say restructure, because I've actually made that mistake, that flub of uh, say restructure when you actually mean pay cut. And some of that is also the connotation with the word. I don't love – I just don't love the pocket watching, even though I have to kind of do it. <laughs> right? I don't, I don't love – looking at a guy's money and being like, oh, he has to make less or something. I'll pay cut. I think of like restructure because I don't want to say pay cut. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Yeah, no, 100%. I do think that they have to go uh, cheaper in the running back room and, and they can still do that. But those moves to be determined if they decide, hey, they're going to wait till June 1st or if they're going to keep Joe Mixon. We'll find out. I know he obviously wants to be a part of this team and he'd probably be open to those conversations when you look at the running back market to take that pay cut or restructure, however we want to word it. Um, I just don't want to put that money in the future years. I, I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's necessary. I think that'd be a bad move and I don't see this front office making a bad move like that. Uh, I'm not saying if they keep Joe Mixon, but the restructure in the future uh we'll move on because safety tight in they're moving on from hayden hurst more conversations the outlook when it comes to free agency for the cincinnati Bengals on it's always game day in cincinnati